Welcome everyone live from Braybrook College in Melbourne, Australia. You're listening to Braybrook Live on Live FM. I'm your host, Kyan, and joined with me today are co-hosts Benny, Ahn, Kingston, and B- other Benny. <laughs> uh, our special de- guest today is Nick Hatsoglu. Hatsoglu? Yeah, you said it well. Uh, hello, Nick. Welcome to the show. It's good to be here. Now, I've heard that you are the community manager of Champions Management, and you're a huge advocate for multiculturalism and diversity in sports. How's, how's that going for you? Um, thank you, and it's wonderful to be here with you all at Braywood College. Uh, it's a school that's close to my heart. We've run a few programs here, mm-hmm. so it's wonderful. Um, Community Champions and Cultural Pulse is the organisation I work for. We were fortunate enough to have the contract for FIFA uh, for the 2023 Women's World Cup and we were promoting the the tournament to Multicultural Australia and New Zealand, Aotora, New Zealand. So Nick, hello, uh, my name's Arn. We've been, we've heard that you've been doing great work in the community. What are some of the programs you're running at the moment? Okay, thanks for that question. Uh, look, it's been a bit of a whirlwind um, last uh, five months. Um, you know, obviously it's not every day FIFA comes to Australia and to New Zealand. And um, we were, our brief was to outreach into the 30 nations, not including Australia and New Zealand as a team. And w- we were responsible for engaging those audiences, those communities to come to the Women's World Cup and to participate and to become engaged. Um, as you saw, as many of you, I hope you got the opportunity to go along to a live site or to to a match. It was a wild success um, beyond what even what we thought. And that was just uh, obviously a really lovely program to be associated with. But before that, um, I've always used or been able to use sport to be a vehicle to um, nurture multicultural Australia um, and to bring people together from all different backgrounds. We are uh, uh, an amazing multicultural society. I think around 30% of Australians are born overseas and if you if you extrapolate that out, I think it's just over 50% now that um, either are born overseas or have a parent born overseas. So we need to you know nurture that and build social cohesion. And the way we you know that I've been doing that is through sport, mainly through the Australian Football League when I first commenced working for a national body, and um, then I moved on to cricket, which is which was with Cricket Australia, and then the wonderful beautiful game of football and um, yeah it's it's very powerful and as you heard Kamal who's a Kamal Ibrahim who was on just before me um, sport can help um, bring people together and in his only in his own journey he was able to do that when he first migrated as a 12 year old my name's Kingston we've also heard you have a Greek heritage has that had any impact or influence on your life or career Yes, um, definitely. Um, my Greek heritage, I'm very proud of my heritage. Uh, I was lucky enough to be born in Australia, but my p- parents migrated um, back in the 60s now um, from Greece, both of them. And um, 
you know, they taught me a lot of things around my Hellenic uh, culture, and I've been fortunate enough to travel back to, well, travel to Greece and experience that country and the traditions and the culture that I was brought up with. Um, so, but that's helped me, more importantly, that's helped me understand what it's like, you know, that migrant journey uh, and resettlement. Um, you know, I watched my parents closely toiling away in the factories, working, you know, working lots of hours. And that helped me um, observe a, and, and have a great respect for what they did. So it was a wonderful lesson for me. So, um, you know, when I saw other waves of migrants come to Australia, I had a great empathy for them and I knew, you know, what some of the challenges would be. But also, you know, by embracing what it means to be part of Team Australia. I mean, this country has afforded my parents and other migrants so many wonderful things that we can only dream of. And uh, I've got a, a younger brother and a younger sister, and we've been the beneficiaries of, um, of that experience. Bonnick, that sounds really amazing. Um, uh have there um, been like any uh, challenges and obstacles you faced like during your your life, and you know what is your advice for tackling this? Well, what a question! Uh, I have to think about that. This challenges definitely, um, but you know that saying. You know, it's not how many times you get knocked down; it's it's how you you know you get back up. And um, I've always had a great confidence in my own ability and also the people around me that, and it's, it's come about because of my participation in sport. You know, every week in sport, yeah, you compete with another team and you might win, you might lose, you might draw. But through that journey, you learn how life is. Um, so it's really important to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, review, you know, what the challenge was, how can you improve, and then get back up and compete again. And I've always used that as a, as a basis for my outlook. So when things don't go my way in life, um, again, I use the same principles. I think about what what was I responsible for? How was I responsible for what happened to me? And how can I improve? And uh, those were some of the things that I used. And, you know, challenges come about, but I think, you know, they help take you to the next place and the next step. And, um, you know, you can really diminish yourself too if you take it the wrong way when you have a challenge and really drop off, um, that can have a real adverse effect rather than being positive and review and see what you are in control control of and how you can improve yourself. So um, some of the challenges, obviously, you know, career. I, I got into the AFL um, and Cricket Australia and that was very much a, I was like a change agent. I was trying to change the culture to become more embracing of multicultural Australia. So I used to have a saying that all the programs and a lot of the initiatives, they, most of them commenced with no budget and no. So <laughs> that taught me, that was like a starting point and then, you know, the only way was up. So, um, you know, and thankfully to those organisations, they embraced what we were trying to do and they very much became part of it and um, the AFL Multicultural Program still 
still continues to this day. And there's been some wonderful talent recruited. Um, you know, you would have seen Bashahuli, Magic Door, Ale Ale, and um, Tuk, Tuk uh, Miller, uh, lots of others that come through the multicultural program. So I get a lot of um, satisfaction out of seeing that. And obviously with cricket, you know, there's players now playing from, you know, the Australian test team, uh, Usman Khawaja's the main one. He's a wonderful uh, Muslim Australian and... Um, He's absolutely incredible cricketer. But then we've got Marcus Thornis and there's, there's been um, some others too in the, in the women's game as well. So, um, yeah, onwards and upwards. Awesome. Um, I'm Benny. Um, throughout your entire life, were you always passionate about multiculturalism and um, sports? Yeah, Benny, I, I have been. Um, mainly because it was my own story, you know. When we when we went to school, um, as I was in a very multicultural area, just in Sunshine, um, we were uh, the student population was a real mixture, and the way we connected with each other was through sport, mainly back in in those days. Um, so every recess, lunchtime, we would partake, and you know you'd mix in with all the different um, cultural groups, and you become friends, and then once you and also faith groups you know we we were very close with with muslim australians with um you know other christians um buddhists uh you know hindus not as many in those days but lots of diversity with faith but we we all played we got to know each other and that was a powerful lesson in you know when um, you get to know someone and um, with sport when we used to play football uh, as in Australian rules football you know my Muslim friend would would protect me on the field and throw a shepherd in uh, or if there was a scuffle they'd come in and back you up and that was a very very powerful powerful lesson to um, you know, to embrace each other. And so that planted the seed for me for multiculturalism. And uh, and I think in Australia we have to nurture that because we all come from another place. Unless you're a first Australian who have been here for 60,000 years, um, everyone else has come from somewhere. So we need to nurture that because if we're going to live together in a, in a society and... Um, and you know, back each other up, and and a fair, and everyone have a fair go, and um, you know all those things that are really really important in a vibrant society. We need to keep working on getting along. Yep. Thank you. To everyone who is just tuning in, you are listening to Braywick Live on Live FM, live from Braywick College in Melbourne, Australia. I'm your host, Kyan, and my co-hosts today are Benny, Ann, Kingston, and the other Benny. Our special guest today is Nick Hatsuglo. Uh, Nick, so, um, do, do you think we still have a long way to include the First Nation people into sports in general? What are the organisations doing to tackle that? Oh, great question. And I pay my respects to the Wurundjeri people on, on, on the land that we meet now. So, yes, I, um, uh, Indigenous Australians, First Australians, uh, obviously, you know, 2.3, maybe 3% of the population. Um, and they're scattered around, you know, in Victoria, but also throughout Australia. I think they have already demonstrated that they're terrific sports people. Both in the in the in the women, um, women and girls, and men and boys, um, 
But, you know, there's, uh, and I think, you know, statistically, on every measure, <laughs> they, they fall behind in life expectancy, in, in representation in jails and, um, you know, with diseases and a whole lot of things. So um, Indigenous Australia, for the First Nations, they've said to us now to, on October the 14th, to vote yes because they want to have more of a say on what affects them. So I'm hoping that um, that vote will prevail and um, people will vote yes. I think you guys might be too young, but you can still influence, you know, your brothers and sisters or um, parents as well. So get behind that one. Um, yeah, First Nations have people have um, represented Australia really proudly and I know just um, with football uh, there's some really good programs that are that are taking place now and with the funding from the federal government there'll be um, a portion of that invested in into um, First Nations program so I'm hoping we'll get some better results but also you can see in the AFL who's been very very um, active um, there's some great stars you know Buddy Franklin this year is retiring and um, you know there's been you know Cyril Rioli there's been so many um, so hopefully that'll continue and grow and in other sports I think in boxing they've been very prevalent in rugby league yeah. so they they certainly um, they're overrepresented which is a great thing I think on most measures they're under uh, you know they, they fall behind but in sport they're doing really really well yeah um, so, Nick, we're all on the edge of our seats watching the Matildas. What was your favorite, most favourite moment oh, in the World Cup? Yeah, probably similar to all of you. I jumped out of the couch uh, um, when Sam Kerr scored that yeah. goal to equalise against England. Uh, absolutely one of those moments. Uh, probably ranks with Cathy uh, Freeman and America's Cup when we won that against the Americans. But when she scored that goal, and, and it was a, an amazing goal because she took it from the halfway line and um, she, she carried it forward and then just blasted an amazing shot in the top corner. I was so happy for her. She comes from a great sporting family herself, um, but she's been an immense... Um, leader uh, and I think you know because of her injury and she couldn't participate in the early parts of the tournament but she never sulked and she didn't go away in a corner and complaining and uh, all she did was support her teammates and the whole squad and I think there's a lesson there for all of us to you know if things don't go your way you can still be a giver and uh, Sam Kerr you know that goal was definitely a favourite but I did enjoy I've got to say um, the Jamaican team they were a real favourite was mine the Raga girls um, um, and uh, and Brazil is always good to watch. Um, yeah, so those are some of my favourite moments. Yeah, that's good to hear. Do you think the uh, the success of the Matildas will inspire the next generation of female soccer players? Yeah, I think so. Definitely. I I went. I was lucky enough to go to you know close to about uh, seven games, um, and one of the things I was observing was. Um, the people in the crowd and the, the families that were present and you could see the young girls eyes and not only the young girls but the young boys as well they just had this um, real great delight and you could see that they were you know they had things one girl uh, she had a boot for the players to sign and the and the players were fantastic from all the teams 
whether it was a training session or a actual match, they would come after the game or after training and meet with the crowd. And uh, yeah, certainly the looks in in those eyes. I think the next generation is certainly gonna uh, certainly been inspired. And now it's up to you know the the state bodies and the football bodies, but everybody and schools have got a major role to play to help nurture that excitement because you know we all need a common ground and I think football and sport can be that common ground where we get to enjoy each other, get to learn about each other and um, I think like I said before that'll help make a, a, a community more prosperous. That's really great. Um, so I've, I've, heard, uh, I've heard that you were at the Women's Cup recently. Uh, what was your role and uh, did you enjoy it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was lucky enough um, to work for Cultural Pulse, who is a, a multicultural marketing specialist organisation. They multicultural. They they market to Australia today, and um, my role was to work with the community champions team. We had close to 150, but it it, it exploded out to about 200 community champions, and that was across Australia and New Zealand. So all the states in Australia. Uh, except Tasmania, um, but everywhere else and in New Zealand. So we would work with people that were representative of all the competing teams and we would um, we would build a trustful relationship with them. We would share material. We would um, create culturally competent material or custom material. And they would then be encouraged to go out to their communities and, um, and really have a touch point with the community so they can become involved in the in the Women's World Cup because a lot of people sometimes don't know how to go about it and um, you know I think by the end uh, all that I call it the compound effect of all the the toil and all the efforts of everybody uh, all the different um, soccer bodies uh, community organizations coming together really helped really helped um, you know to, to create the event that we all saw. Um, so if you were to do any other job in the world, um, would you do it or would you stay with the one you currently have? Oh no, there's lots of other jobs, but look, I, <laughs> no, I, was, um, I was very lucky to work in this and I really appreciate sometimes the chances you get in life. So this was an amazing job. But yeah, um, there's, there's lots of great jobs. I think for me, uh, I've got four young boys and I've always encouraged them to be a teacher because I think it's a real noble profession. I can see some of the teachers laughing, but <laughs> I think a teacher is a, a, is a noble profession. So, and you're influencing people's, you know, young people on, the, on their career choices and teaching them the essential toolkit of life. So I think that's a great career. Um, working in the media, working in sport, there's so many uh, different experiences and, and vocations you, you can do. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to think the best is yet to come, but certainly the working on the Women's World Cup was amazing and um, yeah, I was very appreciative. Thank you. Um, what is the best career advice you could share with us today? Mm, that's a challenging one. Look, um, someone told me recently that everybody needs something to do, something to look forward to, and someone to love. So if you can do those three things, 
uh, in your life, uh, something to do, something that you're, you're passionate about or you've got an interest in is a good thing. Something to look forward to because that always gives you that motiv- motivation to strive. And then obviously, you know, we all want to be loved and, and to love someone. Yeah. Speaking about your uh, sons, I heard that uh, one of your sons does cricket and one of the, rec- uh, not quite recent, but uh, a while ago you tweeted out to one of his catches in cricket, that's bonkers. Oh, How yeah. was that? What was that moment for you like? Yeah, I, um, Peter, my oldest son Peter Hatsoglu is playing T20 cricket um, and yeah, it, it's our family's not used to having someone that, you know, when we walk along the street sometimes they stop him to get a photograph so that was a bit freaky and his brothers just really stir him up when that happened <laughs> but Peter's doing well he's currently in Trinidad in the West Indies he's playing for St Lucia and uh, in the Caribbean Premier League um, so you know he's uh, he's making his way but he also finished his university degree and he's qualified um, financial person um, so he's got something to fall back on but um, yeah and th- that's uh, it's a source of real excitement and I think uh, I think tomorrow he's got a game so we'll be watching and um, yeah it's uh, you never know what can happen you know chase your dreams and uh, and you never know where they can take you well it seems that that's all the time we have for today thank you Nick for joining us today in this lovely morning thank you Thank you, guys, and uh, great questions, and it's wonderful to be here, and I wish you all the best in your own endeavours. Thank you. Well, it was a pleasure to talk to you today. Live from Braywood College in Melbourne, Australia, you have been listening to Braywood Live on Alive FM. I was your host, Kyan, and my co-hosts today were Benny, Ann, Kingston, and the other Benny. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you found this information useful. Until next time, have a good day. Thank you.